0: Keep your children from wrongdoing,
1: because you know done well uh, that they'll go to hell. Go hey, Diddy Dogs, welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she loves puzzles. It's my sister, Marissa.
0: I, like, cheating just keeps escalating in husband material for me. Just like every yeah. week, I'm just like, oh, Chidi, I'm a boy, Chidi. and it's just, it's getting worse. Like Him I, like to the like point where I'm not sure. Reading. I'm not sure that Megan Amram isn't reading my Twitter and basing <laughs> Chidi off of like what I want in this in this life.
1: Yeah, she found like an old missed connections from you, and was like, how can I model this man <laughs> to? Uh, yeah, him, him just being like, ooh, the I'll fight continues. you, Simone! I'll fight you! Well, you're not the only one. I feel like Eleanor kind of feels that way, too. Aww. I know. I know. Poor Eleanor. <laughs> Before we get into this week's recap, a little housekeeping up front. You can find us on iTunes. We have a couple great reviews this week that we're going to read at the end of the show. Please continue to rate and review us on iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play and at goodplay.cast.rocks. You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play that, you know, we're getting some chatter in, which is really fun. Twitter, at The Good Play Pod. Yeah, I'm actually
0: getting like one or two new member requests a week now, which is pretty nice.
1: Oh my gosh, that's great. And um, Marissa will live tweet all the new episodes, so that's always fun. And then you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. Sounds like we and have And we a have few. some emails. Yay! Yeah. Hooray. We almost never get emails. Some of them require serious
0: discussion, so we're going to have to, like, not spend forever talking about the Fighting Temptations,
1: maybe, this week. Oh, but, but I, I, I so want to. I know. Um, there's a
0: lot to say. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Before we get to Fighting Temptations, one more thing up top. Episode, Star Wars Episode Nine trailer <laughs> dropped this week, and I would be remiss if I didn't just be like, OMG, 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 OMG.
0: I never know what the fork is going on in these Star Wars trailers, which is like, I'm trying to be humble here. Like, I should understand what's going on because I'm very well versed in the Star Wars universe. But it always takes me reading the trailer breakdown at, like, io9 to know what the fork is happening. Where it'll be like, in this shot, you can see five series seven Corellian fighter planes Entering the atmosphere, so obviously they're like dual space air vehicles, and which means obviously the rebels would have had to have bought them on the Black Mar- and I'm just like, I, how, I don't understand, like, I don't, I'm not getting any of this.
1: <laughs> yeah, your girl here. Has basically spent every evening since this trailer dropped watching reactions and breakdowns on YouTube.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't I haven't gotten there yet.
1: <laughs> it's been it's been a trip. It's been a trip, and um, there are a lot more things I could be doing with my time, and I don't really care because I am so hyped. I already have tickets. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> Kate oh wow! Tickets uh, for opening night. And I can't wait for us to do an episode 9 episode, podcast episode. That's going to be great. Yeah, at least we have one
0: topic for the hiatus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it could just be episode 9 the whole time, because I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about.
0: I think we're going like, to need at least a few other
1: topics. Mm. Raylo fan fiction? Ha! <laughs> anyway fighting temptations <laughs> right. yeah fighting temptations i'll let i mean i i actually oh, did see boy. the last oh, few minutes of this boy, episode, oh but...
0: <laughs> boy oh boy oh boy oh boy it was it started with all the choir people are all dancing to the electric slide which are we still doing that in 2019 i don't know i haven't been to a bar mitzvah in a while and
1: <laughs> or a hoedown or whatever the, this was singles night doofy... it was a singles
0: night it was a singles night at the church, Ugh. and then the doofy ex-husband of Anna Camp, like, is like, oh, my boy needs a slow dance to get with this girl. That his son is like eight, eight, ten, something like that. Like, way too yeah. young for this. And he goes and he like, he slows down the electric
1: slide. Which it's like it's like the opposite of that scene in that thing you do where guy speeds up <laughs> the song at the at the competition because like people are super bored and so he just starts playing the drums a lot faster and they catch up to him. It's the opposite of that, which means that it makes and, and everything 10 times worse. Yeah, and like it's not it, it does not actually sound
0: like we took the actual recorded electric slide and like turned down the knob that is the playback speed which like you would need a pretty sophisticated like DJ set to even have that but like let's just like assume that it exists it doesn't sound like the electric slide with that knob turned down it sounds like a re-recorded electric slide as like a as like a an R&B single like yeah
1: and then as this was going on at the bottom of the screen it said music from perfect harmony available november 1st and i was Don't like,
0: tell me The real name of the show.
1: I'm sorry. Music from the Fighting Temptations. But I was like, who wants to buy a slowed down version of the electric slide? Who wants that? Doofy, doofy
0: uh, absentee fathers, I think.
1: (laughs) Glee's whole thing was they did like popular songs, right? They did like Jordan Sparks. Well, some of them were old. I mean, the
0: the very first, like episode closer from glee was uh that journey song
1: yeah but that's a that's still a popular song in yes. in you know
0: culture yes right.
1: and that's it's not like a dated song that you only hear at a bar mitzvah. right <laughs> they weren't they weren't doing like l'chaim or anything the macarena, <laughs> the macarena. What, what was the other um The Lou Bega song, Mambo number five. No, Mambo number five.
0: (laughs) A little bit of so and so, blah blah, blah, blah. da. Um and then once this absurd scene is over, uh, Bradley Whitford goes out. If you know any more details, I don't care to hear them. Bradley Whitford goes out to find Red from that seventies show. Yes, thank
1: you. I was like, Who is that guy? Oh my god.
0: Standing at a grave. Yes. Standing at a grave, and being like, you know, why I never come here, because it just hurts too much. And Bradley Whitford being like, I love coming to this grave, makes me feel like I'm connected with her or whatever. And I was like, who, who are these? If you're trying to tell me that Red is Bradley Whitford's father, I mean, they look. I I realize. I think I looked it up. I think Red is like maybe 17 years older than Bradley Whitford. But I'm just going to be frank. They appear to be contemporaries. <laughs> he does not look old enough to be Bradley Whitford's father.
1: I, I assume
0: think... that's who he's supposed to be?
1: Uh, no, so I read the Wikipedia entry. For... Oh, why? Why? Brianna. I... <laughs> because it's it's like that moment in episode seven where... He's pounding on his chest wound. I just wanted to hurt myself a little bit. Oh, um, episode
0: seven of, of Star Wars, not of. Like, no,
1: not of the any of vision. the things
0: that we've been talking
1: about. Okay, sorry. I just want to hurt myself a little bit, and the the small town is where Bradley Whitford's late wife is from. So I think that's supposed to be her grave.
0: Oh, that's her. Gr- that's his wife's grave.
1: I think.
0: Who's the guy then?
1: Maybe Who's her, Red? Maybe her brother? brother? I don't okay. know. I didn't get that far.
0: That at least, look, that's a that's better, frankly. That's yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, Because they are not far enough an age apart to be father and son. And then the annoying church guy kind of comes out and is like, oh, family togetherness or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God. What? Why is this show? Yeah, full stop. Why? Anyway, that's the Fighting Temptations. Music available on iTunes? Is that what you said?
1: November 1st. Get your copies of the slowed down electric
0: slide. <laughs> I will almost certainly try to pirate some of that music and use it as intro outro music. I was
1: going to say, can we get the slowed down electric slide as the stinger or something? <laughs> or the outro music? <laughs> uh,
0: I'm not saying no. do, do I mean, do 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 You You can feel feel it. (laughs) All right, let's, please, (laughs) let's...
1: Let's put this section out of its misery. Yes, just, Um,
0: like, they shoot horses, don't they, style. Like, let's just... (laughs) um,
1: Boy. All right, let's let's get into what we came here to talk about, I guess. I guess. Although
0: Trifton did write an email... Hold on just a second. Trifton did write an email... He says, I need to change my iTunes review. <laughs> Quote This podcast chronicles a young mother's descent into madness as she <laughs> is subjected to snippets of NBC's perfect harmony. Trifton! You know what we call that show. Also the review they also they review and discuss the hit television show The Good Place.
1: <laughs> this is actually just a uh character study it's like a performance art piece that is your character study (laughs) it's like
0: joker (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah we're not watching that anyway
1: definitely not
0: so this episode is called employee of the bear which i think you and i had both kind of thought like oh jason might pretend to be a bad place employee and get awarded employee of the bear but it turns out to be a little bit sadder and more complicated than that yeah so the opening scene is uh Janet is in uh a magnetic cell being tortured. Well, Vicky in the Michael suit is attempting to torture her and Janet's just like that's not how he talks. Like <laughs> you're not you're not very good at this. Yeah. Just stop. And Vicky's like I can't connect to Michael's motivation. Like I'm not inside him and Janet's like Michael's motivation there's loyalty and empathy and love, just like all my friends. And that's why we'll succeed. And Vicky's just like, <laughs> what? Ew. And, uh, but, but Vicky is just stuck. Try- she keeps trying to practice in the Michael suit and keeps not having a lot of luck with it because she's not very good at it. Which is like really fun to watch Ted Danson like, being unconvincingly himself.
1: Yeah, he's like laughing. He's like, "Ha ha ha They're like, "That's not it." And he's like, "I know. I just can't get it. I can't fun. nail it."
0: <laughs> so the real Michael and Jason are, you know, slowly hand carting their way <laughs> to the bad place.
1: I saw a uh, tweet from Ted Danson during this episode that has like a an animated gif of the two of them like doing the hand cart uh, on the the stage. And it was oh, like, yeah, it
0: was the most obvious green screen I've maybe ever seen.
1: And he said something like, I joined Manny for Arm Day or something. <laughs> ah! That was really funny. So Michael's like, look,
0: you know, I mean, Jason says something like, okay, we're going to go there and I'm going to, like, blow things up. And Michael's like, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to give you back all of your memories so that you will not make the same mistakes that you made the last time you were in the bad place. And he, like, just kind of... Appears to just do it without any effort. And Jason's just like, hey, that was really cool.
1: Oh, Cool. I, I, he's like, oh, I threw a Molotov cocktail last time. I'll just do that again. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> fight the urge just, to blow stuff up. And Jason you goes, remember, that's very lame. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when Eleanor got her memories back, it was that one scene in that season that I really hated. Yes. Where, like, all of her hair and teeth fell out or whatever. Yeah. Like, it was just... It, like, that scene continues to be more inexplicable because Manny Jacinto just doesn't change at all. Maybe he because just they're in the, the afterlife?
1: They're not on Earth?
0: Um, maybe. And then as they're hand-carding away, Jason's like, I think I've already forgot. Can you do that again? I think I've already forgotten some of the memories and I was like, hashtag it me.
1: I, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I
0: I'll would forget instantly forget all the memories that Michael gave back to me. So... Back in the neighborhood, Eleanor kind of groups the residents together, and obviously, like the Janet babies are grouped together with each other, and she puts all the real people into one group, including Tahani. And she says, Okay, Janet is offline for routine maintenance, so like we're gonna do lo-fi activities. Like you, group of Janet babies, obviously she doesn't call them that. You're like, you'll be knitting, and you, group of Janet babies, will be gardening, and they're all like react, like overreacting, like, yay! And Brent's just sitting standing there like That better, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to garden, this is nonsense or whatever. And then she says, and you guys will go to like a lake house with water skiing or whatever, which I guess Janet had already set up or something, whatever. And Brett's like, yeah, suck it gardeners, woo! So that's supposed to be, you know, all the real humans plus Tahani. And Eleanor is counting on Tahani to be like the party mistress for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, for this experience. We see that in Ma- in Mindy's house, Bad Janet is attached to the refrigerator with magnetic handcuffs, which is pretty funny. And Eleanor uses like her ear to open a bottle of beer, which is <laughs> also pretty funny. Uh, Derek arrives, and oh Eleanor's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's "This this episode is maximum Derek."
1: <laughs> this line that she says to him. I like cackled. <laughs> it was so funny. You want? Go ahead. Go ahead and he's, say it. So he's like, I, he's like, I am here to help you. And she goes, I'd feel a lot more confident if you weren't holding a champagne glass full of Scrabble letters. But you're all we have got. And then, like, he is. He's oh, later I- in. He's later in the
0: background of the scene, yes. drinking <laughs> the Scrabble letters.
1: He, just, he like tips the glass, and all the Scrabble letters fall fall out on his face, and he's like, ah. like it's
0: yeah. so. But it's in the background, which is the best part. so funny.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: So, again, like, Eleanor and Ta'ani have the conversation of, like, you're the cruise director. Like, make sure all the humans are happy, like, while things are kind of forked up here.
1: Yeah.
0: And Ta'ani's like, "But, but Jason and Michael got to go to the bad place to rescue Janet, and you get to run everything. And, like, what am I supposed to do? And Eleanor's like... Like, do the thing I told you to do. Right. (laughs) Please, can you just do the thing I told you to do? Which, of course, this is going to go terribly wrong. It's a Mm. a pretty standard sitcom setup. Uh, Jason and Michael are arriving in the bad place, which is population your mom. (laughs) And Jason's like, Michael, I'm scared. And Michael's like, I'm scared too, buddy. And Jason's like, what if Janet doesn't love me anymore? And Michael's like... I'm more scared about the fact that we're hand-carting into the birthplace of evil. And Jason's like, I mean, we've all got our own reasons, you know?
1: (laughs) Can I just say, this whole episode, Jason was just, like, a sweet little, like, I just, I was, the whole time I was like, "Ah, Jason, ah," like, the whole episode. He
0: was so cute. Right. Uh, back at the lake house, Tahani is kind of doing introductions and John makes a reference to, like, can anyone see the lake house with lake Sandy house. B and a yeah. Keanu? And,
1: Give me a movie with like, gentle magic. <laughs> yes.
0: I was like, I love you. I
1: we like this,
0: Again, this is the human I would most want to hang out with in this universe, bar none. I mean, I want to marry Cheedy, but I don't want to like sit down and watch a movie with Cheedy necessarily. I want to do that with John.
1: John, get at us. We can totally watch The Lake House. I love
0: that movie. I don't think I've ever actually seen it, but really? I love the I love the How Did This Get Made episode based on it.
1: All right, we got to watch it. When we're home for the holidays or something, be- we'll watch it.
0: It's it's pretty great. Oh, okay. We'll do an episode <laughs> on it, I guess. Yeah. Um. So Tahani sees that Chidi has not come with the group, and Simone says, like, oh, you know, Chidi says he just wanted to, like, sit in his apartment instead of coming with us, which, like... I, I'm not going to harp on this point, but if I were Simone, I'd be a lot more annoyed than she appears to be.
1: Yeah, like your
0: boyfriend—I I, they—they seem to be dating. Your boyfriend was given the opportunity to spend a romantic like week with you at a lake house, and he was like, "I don't like the water," and stayed home. Like, ooh, that's that's pretty lame. I agree. Like,
1: I agree. I totally agree. It's weird, and
0: she, but she she appears to not even care, even a little bit which was yeah. weird.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that too.
0: So Jason and Michael are sneaking into the bad place and they find a wall of employee photos labeled Employee of the Bear Me. Of course, it's like mirroring Employee of the Week or whatever. And Michael's photo is on the wall. And Michael has this really, it's almost like a soliloquy, Yeah, right? Where he says, and I'm paraphrasing, unfortunately, but he says something like, you know, I look at this version of myself and I don't even recognize myself, but you know what will I come face to face with, you know, as I descend into the darkness of, you know, this place that used to be my home or whatever, Yeah, which is essentially foreshadowing for when Michael has to face down Vicky in the Michael suit. Mm -hmm. Eleanor is like waiting for Jason and Michael to come back, like, come on, guys, come on, guys. And then. One of the Janet babies kind of comes up to her and is acting like super strange, like mad props. By the way, to all the extras who had to be Janet babies this week, because they're like, I bet it was so much fun. They are they are nailing it. Like I was like, I was like, this is genuinely unsettling. (laughs) (laughs) They really are like robots that have gone badly wrong. So this resident's just like speaking gibberish, and Eleanor's like, um, Derek, and he appears and like his hair. (laughs) His hair is every which way but loose. <laughs> and he's like, it's hard being a
1: single dad. To 300, like, robot kids, yeah. Oh, my God. Like,
0: all of the Janet babies are. And, and she's like, I thought you said you could, like, keep them under, under control or whatever. And he's like, blah! <laughs> Meanwhile, Tani shows up and is le- and Eleanor's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, no, Chidi never went to the lake house. And Eleanor's like, ah, sure. Because that means Chidi's in the middle of the neighborhood while all these robots are like basically wandering around. And like one of them is, at one point someone takes a painting and just puts it over the head of somebody else.
1: <laughs> like, Someone's things are- s- smearing icing, I guess, on somebody else's face. Like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's, yeah,
0: it's, it's almost hedonistic, except that it's so obviously, like, like malfunctioning toys, basically.
1: Malfunctioning asexual robots. <laughs> yes.
0: So they go to Chidi's apartment, and Eleanor is just, she's just so great at this. She's just like, we knew that you wouldn't want to go to the lake house, so I've left a puzzle in your apartment. And he's like, ooh!
1: Just <laughs> so adorable. Marissa's on her <laughs> couch, like... Yes, excellent.
0: <laughs> That's my man. He says, I love puzzles because they're so much fun, but they're also like homework. Win-win. And then Tahani, I think stupidly and to the annoyance of Eleanor, kind of is like, yes, and if you solve the puzzle, you learn a secret of the universe. And Eleanor's like, yes, thank you, Tahani. Thank you so much or whatever. Yeah. And, then, and then Chidi's like, when do I get my first clue? And Eleanor's like, you already have. And he's like, (laughs) and so Tani's just like, you know, they leave and Tani's like, what can I do? And Eleanor's like, go back to the lake house and do the thing I asked you to do girl. Go. So now we're back at the bad place. All the demons are at demon con to hear a 4,000 hour presentation on the future of torture involving many PowerPoint slides and Jason's like, I know, I'll throw a Molotov. And Michael's like, no. And he's like, I, you don't know that I was going to say cocktail. I could have said anything.
1: <laughs>
0: Michael's like, no, 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 I have a plan. So Michael goes onto the stage and sort of is like, hi there, Sean. Right? Like, just like bold as brass.
1: Yeah.
0: In the neighborhood, Derek is... Uh, absolutely losing it. The residents are still being asexual, hedonistic uh, (laughs) robot toys. And, you know, Tani's like, I need some, you know, like, uh, lake house themed cocktail napkins. And Derek's like, I can't. I'm barely holding it together.
1: Before we get to what he does next, can I just say this was my favorite Derek reaction moment. Like, Zooks is so good. I, I have to believe that this was some kind of improv. Because she's she's just like I mean, you get the like, Tahani and Derek is not a a pairing that you would ever think of on this show, right? Right. And so it's not like they've interacted a whole bunch before. So Derek, like, barely knows who Tahani is. And she comes up, and she just, like, needs someone to confide in. And she's like, Ugh oh, I give up. I'm going back to the lake house because that's all I'm good for. And he just goes, okay. <laughs> like, <yes. laughs> He's like... losing it and in my head it was just like I'm supposed to care about you too I have no like I have no capacity left to care and like and also like should I care about this and should I be invested in this like I barely know who you are so she's just like so miserable and he just goes okay (laughs) it's like when you're at work
0: and you're buried under like 15 projects and somebody just kind of flounces up to you being like well, that meeting really could have gone better, and you're just like, okay. <laughs> exactly,
1: <that's> exactly <laughs> it. Don't really have the
0: bandwidth for this right now,
1: or friendo. It's not, it's not. It's not even at the level of like a meeting went poorly. It's like, well, the printer is jammed. <laughs> 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 You're like, okay, what do you want me to do about that? So, yeah, anyway, <laughs> just, I'm sorry to like, harp on that, but it just made me laugh
0: so much. <laughs> anyway, so Tani's like, oh, I have an idea. You know, every time you get rebooted, you get like smarter and better. So, why don't we reboot you and then you'll be able to handle all the stuff that Janet left behind? And Derek's like, oh, that's a good idea. And I'm just in my head, I'm just like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> Tahani, why? And Tahani's all like, I'm helping.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: We cut back to Demon Con and Sean is like, Vicky, what are you doing here in this Michael suit? And Michael's like, yes, it's that's me, Vicky. And it was something like, Sean says, like, why would you come here unannounced? And Michael's like, I'm Vicky. I'm a total munch. And he's like, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. So Michael's like, oh, I have something else to show you. And he calls Jason out and he says, you know, Jason, this is also a skin suit. And uh, Sean says, well, who's in there? And Michael's like, it's Glenn. And he's like, ugh, yeah, of course. Of course, Glenn. Sean is looking at the Jason skin suit and he's like, it's convincing, but uh, you went a little overboard on the cheekbones, which is (laughs) very accurate, very accurate. So Michael's like, so we're just gonna go torture Janet with this fake Jason. And Sean's like, no, 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 no. Like, we'll go get Janet. You can do it on stage. And (laughs) Jason's like, this part of your plan, Michael, seems risky. And Michael's like, this was not part of my plan.
1: (laughs) And then, interestingly, um, Jason says, oh, thank God, because I thought you just had a bad plan. And I was like, we've never heard anybody say thank God on this show. Oh, yeah. Anyway, just a little. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah.
0: So Derek goes to reboot himself which means that he finds his like little plunger and then he try he tries to hit the button and then he pleads with himself to not hit the button and then he figures out that he has to look away from the button and then he can hit it and then he slumps to the ground and then we cut to the neighborhood where all the Janet babies just fall over
1: yeah
0: which like that does explain and and I think this is what we expected right the neighborhood is fine it the 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 extant like buildings and stuff don't crumble when there's nobody. There's no Janet or Janet esque being. We've seen that before, but like the Janet babies are like a constantly moving piece of machinery that need that like that that need the input of of a of an intelligent being to yeah. be able to intelligently respond to things, and so they all just like plunk. Eleanor's like. Okay, I think I can fix this. And Tony's like, "Oh, so I made things better." And Eleanor's like, "No, you did not. But I will, I will figure this out." So Eleanor blindfolds Cheedy and has him walk like through what appears to be a field of corpses. Of course, isn't right. <laughs> yeah, it's like picking her way through, you know, just scattered bodies everywhere.
1: In order to get him to do that, though, they have this like very sweet scene where she kind of is like let me cut to the chase with this like there were like
0: 4,000 clues and you got yeah. 7 of them so I'm just gonna cut to the end Yeah.
1: and she basically is like you are, you've are you been in paradise for a month and you haven't really tried new experiences and I wanted Tahani here because she's done all this stuff in real life and um, so she's really thinking on her feet and she's like I want you to feel like you can trust me I want you to feel like you're safe here do you trust me Chidi and he says yes I really do and then like I know, it's like she, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why.
0: Right, so I think that the the lesson, the like this the lesson of the universe or whatever was like try new things. I don't remember. So, on stage at Demon Con, they bring Janet out, and she sees Michael and Jason, and she's obviously sort of like, well, what's going on, right? She she's in Magna Cuffs, so she's not fully functional. Yeah,
1: she's a little
0: tipsy. But, but she's obviously looking at them like well, what, what is this now? Right. Yeah. And Sean's like, Hey, everybody look like we can make it look like, you know, your loved one is torturing you, you know, like we can take the humans and make it look like they're, you know, their mom is torturing them. Like here, here we go. And Jason just really like sweetly and shyly kind of goes up to Janet and says like, I know we had a fight, but you know, I really want you in my life and I miss you and I love you, uh, I love you, girl. And she's just like not a girl. And he kind of smiles at her, and she obviously gets it. And Sean's like, "How do you feel?" And she's like, "I'm awful." <laughs> 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 right. She's really playing it up. And Michael's like, "Great, uh, we will just be taking Janet back to herself for some like extracurricular torture." And then Vicky in the Michael suit comes and is like, "I didn't know I had an understudy." Yeah, <laughs> like, dun dun dun.
1: That Jason moment was so cute. He's so cute.
0: He had all the emotional truths this episode. He
1: really
0: did. So uh, things are turning into a shirt show at Demon Con. So Jason brings out the demon exploder gadget that bad Janet made and gives it to Michael. Um, And Michael's like, why didn't you say you had this before? And Jason's like, you told me not to blow stuff up. And Michael's like, give it to me, right? So because Sean figures out pretty quickly that the real Michael is the real Michael. Mm -hmm. And Michael's like, Hey, we know that you snuck Chris in just as a front to get bad Janet there, but you know, we're gonna, we'll prevail. And Sean's like, all right, he's basically a security guy. Like, you know, get him. And Michael's like, I have this demon exploder. And Sean's like, you could at least come up with a more plausible name for it. And Michael kind of talks to the muscle, like, Hey, you and I were used to be roommates and like, I don't want to use this on you but i will and the muscle comes at him anyway so michael explodes him and the whole audience just claps thinking that it's like a special effects basically yeah so michael says like i used to be one of you i used to be sitting in the audience i came to however many thousands of demon cons and i thought that it was necessary for us to torture humans because they were all so bad and irredeemable But humans are capable of self improvement, and so are we. And deep deep down, Sean knows that this is true. And you, I beg you, open your eyes to the truth. And then Vicky, in the Michael suit, like comes up and is like, "No, you're a demon. You'll you'll always be a demon." Like you know, basically, like this is the surrender to the dark side moment that Mm -hmm. you would have in like a Star Wars movie. So Michael explodes Vicky. (laughs) <laughs> yo
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> poor Tia Sarkar is probably like come on yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, was, she was barely in this season she wasn't in last season at all the audience still thinks that it's a it's a whole like stunt so Michael, J- Janet and Jason like run out of the room Yeah, and Sean's like no this is all real like somebody get them at the lake house Tani and Eleanor you know un- unblindfold, cheaty and Simone, you know, sees him and they kiss and Eleanor has this really great reaction shot of watching them kiss of being like okay, this is happening and I just have to live with it. Yeah. They go outside. It's a really nice it's actually a really nice outdoor set. They go outside. They go outside and Tahani is like um you know, Eleanor, you like you are in charge and you get so much stuff done and like I am just a useless party thrower. And like you know, I'm not I'm not as valuable as you are or whatever. And Eleanor just kind of was like, Boo hoo hoo like, look, I had to scrape and scratch and scrabble my whole life just to like survive. And so I have those skills. And you didn't have that life. So you don't have those skills. And like it that's fine. If if we make it out of here alive, then like I I'll go with you to a welding class or something, okay? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because she says, Tahani says, if we make it out of here, then I want to do something like valuable and meaningful and helpful. And so that's what Eleanor picks is like, yeah, sure. Go to a welding class, which makes me wonder, like, are we going to see an epilogue in the last episode of Tahani, like and Eleanor, like welding something together?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a weird skill to pick in a like in a metaphysical universe where physical objects barely are a thing. But, you know. Go yeah, for parties. Like learn to sing or something. Like learn something that, you know, Janet can't just blink into existence. So that you know, Tahani obviously is sort of getting you know, and,
1: and Eleanor's like, look, if if my job had been to throw in a party, I would have forked it up. Okay? Like well, and I, thought, I don't I, I was gonna say, I thought that it actually was really like nice of Eleanor to be like, Look, your parties aren't pointless. This is where all of our humans come to like Uh, Get to know each other and bond And become friends and Form relationships which is Like the basis of what we need them to do so that We don't all get tortured for eternity so like When I tell you that I need you to throw a Party it's not pointless like I'm Asking you to help in this pretty Significant way so like I thought that was really Sweet too that it was sort of Again I think going along those Lines of what Michael Schur was Talking about and what we talked about in a Previous episode of like there are multiple ways to be a good person. Like there are also multiple ways to contribute to goodness in society and like use your skills and talents to do that. Don't bemoan the fact that like you can't, you can't weld. Right. Exactly. Like, well, maybe we don't need welders. Like maybe we need somebody who has napkins for the lake house that say better lake than never.
0: (laughs) And knows that the whatever spoon is only used for certain festive jellies.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: So uh, the last scene is Janet and Michael and Jason on the handcart back to the experiment place. And, you know, Michael sort of expressing some feelings about the fact that he is a demon. And Jason's just like, no, it, it doesn't matter what you did in the past. What matters is, you know, how you handle it now. And you're not a demon anymore. You're one of us. Yeah, And Janet blows up the tunnel on the train track so they can't be followed, which does sort of raise some questions (laughs) about, like, how things could possibly be taken from one place to another if that became necessary. And Jason's like, oh, I'm so glad to have you back real Janet because your, you know, your evil sister broke up with me and told me that the Jaguars had, you know, replaced Blake Bortles. And she's like, that's true, uh, they replace him with Nick Foles, and Jason's like, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. We're gonna be unstoppable, Foles. And Fold. then there's some eight, AD- and then there's some ADR of Janet being like, Ooh, he just broke his clavicle, which I guess was like a you know last minute addition, yeah. to the <laughs> to the show. And that is the episode.
1: I thought that was the three of them on the handcart going Foles. I was like, Oh, these ding dongs. I love them so much. They're all such ding dongs.
0: Do you want me to read some of these emails uh, that are sort of discussion-y emails?
1: Yeah, let's
0: do it. So we have one from Michelle. uh, Michelle N. It's kind of long. I will see if I can kind of try to a little bit shorten it as I read it. Some things have worked for me this season, but Janet's whole storyline has been really baffling to me. Full disclosure, I'm highly triggered by seeing women overwhelmed by responsibilities being played for laughs. So maybe this is just my problem. But I never understood the point of mentioning that Janet had to run all the Janet babies. By the way, she wrote this before this last episode aired. Oh, okay. If the burden of doing all this stuff would be a problem for Janet, wouldn't she have still been able to anticipate and plan for it? I feel like they already did the Janet overwhelm stress storyline in the Janet, um, the episode in Janet's void. Mm Mm-hmm. If they needed something to do with her character this season, it would have been fun to explore her relationship with Brent and the very human predicament of having to deal with someone who bothers you. They could have explored the experience of that for her instead of just making jokes about the terrible things Brent does and says to her. It would tie in really well to the theme of being harder to be a good person in modern times. Thanks to 24-hour TV, internet, social media, we have people who annoy us being shoved in our face 24/7. The show's always done a great balancing act between slapstick and emotional, but I feel like so far this season has been a little weighted, little too weighted on the side of jokes with less meat underneath. What do you guys think? And then she said she liked the Ant Man and the Wasp episode, and not washing your hair is bullshit. <laughs>
1: Thank you for all the for backing me up about me washing my hair every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. I also do that. I'm guessing that the fact that she had to run the Janet babies was to set this episode up. Does that does that scan
1: for you? Probably. First off, thanks for writing in, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I think probably it was to set this up. I think it also they probably are also trying to find new ways for Janet's um, evolution. You know, she is now the most powerful and most, like, efficient and all these things, like, most advanced Janet of all time. So, like, I think they have to kind of keep coming up with new ways for her to get bogged down or for her to get... Frustrated with something or for her to basically like have a conflict in the episodes, because if she could handle everything perfectly, then kind of like, where is her character growth? So I do think that um, for her, probably the at the beginning of this season, it was upsetting to watch her kind of get taken for granted by the team as she's like running everything. Um,
0: That is something that I hope that they deal with next week and she's like, "Hey guys, I'm back now, but we have to talk about the amount of mental load that you're putting on me."
1: Yeah. And I think they're they probably hopefully will all be so grateful that she's back that they're going to recognize that like, you know, they can't they can't do this without her, right? Because the the realization that they came to in the previous episode where they realized it was bad Janet. They're like, "Oh, everything we've been trying, as hard as we've been trying, if we don't have good Janet facilitating all of our ideas, nothing will go right and we'll just be stuck in this like weird purgatory. So I think maybe, hopefully, Michelle, we are getting to a place where Janet is going to be less taken for granted and more sort of seen as a part of, the, a part of the crew rather than sort of like, oh, just this lady who runs everything for us. Yeah, I think that
0: it's really important that they address it in the next episode. That she did, even before she was replaced by Bad Janet, she was definitely having these feelings of being, you know, being overlooked and treated as, you know, ancillary. And they really have to deal with that textually in the next episode, I would say.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's also dealt with in a less overt way in this episode the fact that they the fact that Michael and Jason were so committed to her that they risked going back into the bad place to find her um, I think hopefully to her shows that she is loved and cared for and that she does have people beings whatever you want to call them who are still on her team Um, but yeah I think it would be great for them in the next episode to kind of say like okay how can we manage this So that Janet doesn't have to sweat all of the details all the time. And it could also be, you know, Derek has also come around in the past couple of episodes. I didn't love the dynamic in the first part of the season where Derek was at odds with Jason and was, like, causing all this drama. But he has really come around. And in this episode, um, you know, in the previous episode, he says to Jason, like... I'm not here to cause problems. Like I'm here to bury the hatchet. And then in this past episode, he said to Eleanor, like I'm here to help you. And he now understands what it is for Janet to be essentially a single mom to 300 like (laughs) malfunctioning robots. So hopefully he will also kind of like step up in his co-parenting. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It turns out to be like a very relatable story
0: about the, uh, the divide of, of the second shift.
1: Right, exactly. Um, And so hopefully between Derek and the rest of the crew, they'll recognize that Janet needs some love. You know, she can't, she's not a robot. She is much more human than that. And she needs some help. So we're with you.
0: I also have an email from Susan C. Uh, She's a little suspicious of Michael because he called Eleanor L in the Tinker Tailor uh, demon spy episode. Uh, That doesn't, Ping my suspicion radar but and now that we've seen Vicky in the Michael suit I think we're pretty clear on the fact that Michael is Michael yeah
1: and the fact that he had all those really emotional moments he couldn't have been anybody else but himself
0: yeah if at this point they were like double twist it wasn't Michael the whole time I mean that's just that's just bullshit at that point that's that's a real that's a real thumb in the eye to people who are paying attention yeah But she said, last time I wrote, you busted my chops for not explaining how the system would be fixed. Fine. The answer is. Sorry, Susan.
1: (laughs) The answer is. We don't know. We're relying on you to tell us. We're not busting your chops. We we actually want to know. Like, what is the best possible afterlife? (laughs) We're being asked
0: by multiple deities. The answer is introducing an in-between area like the experiment place where people have a chance to get better and make amends. I mean, I think we Did we say that? Like that that would be like a almost like a purgatory or we something or We talked about a, that
1: as an option, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. If you don't get better, no afterlife, no torture, just nothing. Who says there's an afterlife anyway? To quote Frederick, to quote Freddie Mercury, who wants to live forever? Okay, who says there's an afterlife anyway? If you're talking about textually in the story, it's very clear that there's an afterlife.
1: We can't bust her chops. She's going to email us again and say, he <laughs> if and you're talking
0: about in real life, Susan, I'm with you. I don't believe that there's an afterlife. Yeah. But uh, in in the context of this story that is completely about the afterlife, um, I, I would agree. I would say that if you have an irredeemable soul, truly irredeemable and, and not like, well, we tried to torture them for a long time and, and they, they didn't get better, but you try to rehabilitate a soul and, and a soul is just somehow irredeemable, then yeah, I think oblivion is the correct choice there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. torture is never the right choice, I would argue. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm with her, that having a place like they have now, or a medium place or something like that, for people to learn about the mistakes they made and try to improve, you know, and and basically evolve to a point where they're appropriate residence of like a real good place like yes that i think that's if if there's gonna be an ideal answer it's probably that
1: yeah i agree
0: oh trifton had the same uh experience i did i i totally had this exact thought this is the last email Okay. Eleanor and Tahani talking by the lake was totally Chekhov's landscape shot. As they were starting to speak optimistically, I kept expecting something to pop out of the lake. A fire squid or a 50-foot tall derrick. No payoff whatsoever. Trifton, I could not agree with you more. I could not agree with you more. The way that the shot was framed, they were standing very far apart, and they had this big lake, like, smack in the middle of the two of them. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. And then it was just nothing. And I was like, well, why did, why did they frame the shot like that? (laughs) Like have the two of them like sitting in Adirondack chairs or something. Like why, why did you frame the shot to make it look like I should expect a fire squid to pop out of the lake? (laughs) I'm with you, Trifton. I'm with you.
1: Maybe they ran out of budget.
0: Yeah. Did you want to go through any of the reviews that the episode got?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, so I I just took a couple. I try to diversify where I get my uh, reviews from every week, but... Um, Den of the Geek wasn't as um, high up on this episode. They, they weren't as as in on it as we seem to be. Um, but the, their reviewer made the point that, like, you know, we're supposed to be focused on this experiment, right? This grand experiment is supposed to be the focus of this last season. And really, we haven't seen much of the experiment at all. We're usually coming in at the tail end of some kind of interaction between the humans, or sometimes, as we pointed out in previous episodes, like a couple of the humans aren't in certain episodes, right? And so he they called this uh, quote more diversions from the nuts and bolts of experiment management, and not the exploration of the human soul we were somewhat reasonably led to expect, right? Well, so we're not we're not actually watching these other humans get better, which makes me feel like, or we're not watching a carbon copy. And I and I understand that from a story perspective that like we can't watch a carbon copy of what happened last time because that would be maddening. But I think this person's point is that like we were we were teed up for this season to be about the experiment and it really hasn't been about the experiment qua the experiment. It's been all this like shenanigans a little... around the experiment.
0: Yeah, but that's a little narrow-minded to my thinking because you know, for them to say it's not the exploration of the human soul we were promised, it's like, yeah, it was. This episode in particular was an exploration of Michael's soul. That's yeah, what it that's was. True. It was about him grappling with unspeakable things he has done in the past. And how like how do you ever move forward from that in a complete way? How do you exist when you've spent thousands of years doing things that you now think are the most immoral things you can do.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like, you know, and the answer is with difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. That's usually the answer to these things. But, and with the support of, you know, people who love you and who, who are trying to make you better. Like, I, I think at the end of the day, I, you and I have said and and we're not alone in this opinion, certainly like that, like the experiment is actually not the point of this season. It, it's yeah. the it's the landscape for this season, but at the end of the day, it's not the point of the season. And we don't know what the point of the season exactly is, except that we are seeing how it is sort of being this, uh, crucible for the people who we've known all along. And that's Michael and Janet and Jason and Tahani and Eleanor in particular, Chidi less so unfortunately, because he, he got mind wiped, but yeah, Jason, you know, has had to grow up a lot this season already. He, I
1: was so proud of him in this episode. He totally kept all of his impulses in check the whole time. And he was just so sweet with Janet. It was so sweet. He was so sweet. I love him. Yes. And Tahani, I, like we just
0: had a, this This episode was a Tahani plot about her growing up and dealing with the fact that she cannot be all things to all people and she doesn't always get to be, you know, the one in charge or whatever. Like, yeah, the we're of still,
1: we're, sorry, say again? The center of attention. She doesn't always get to be the center of attention.
0: Right. Like, we're still learning, we're still doing an exploration of the human soul. It's just that you can't be like, well, we're not exploring Brent's soul, so QED.
1: Well, but I think, I mean, listen, I totally agree with where you're coming from, but I do think that from a plot perspective, or from a plot setup perspective. If the idea is that the season ostensibly hinges on this experiment and the new crop of humans getting better and the new crop of humans improving and forming relationships with one another, we haven't seen that. So I think it, we are much more focused on the characters that we know and love, which from a narrative perspective makes total sense and I would much rather spend time with all the characters we know and love than spend any more time than absolutely necessary with Brent. <laughs> John is cool. John and I can watch the lake house together. I'm in on that. Um, Sandy you know, B. Sandy B. But like, but I think that's, I, I've i made mention of this in a previous episode too, of just saying something like, you know, we, we know that this is the last season and we know that like, this is the end game. And it's supposed to be like the end game that we were promised was like, well, does this experiment work or not? And it's even what Eleanor says in this episode. Like we have to, the humans have to form relationships. They're the most important humans in the universe right now. Okay. That's what she says to Tahani, but we're not narratively. We're not seeing that. We're seeing that all of our original humans are the most important because they're the ones having the real growth. And so I think maybe that's the rub
0: I'm okay with it. And, you know, interestingly, Mike Schur just gave an interview where he said something along the lines of, in this season, we're never going to spend more than six episodes in the same place.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: So I, ha- it may be that the Experiment Neighborhood, like, next week is the last week for Experiment Neighborhood.
1: <laughs> hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Mike Schur, what are you doing, man? <laughs>
0: Making the best TV on TV. It's very, That's what he's doing. True.
1: And then Rolling Stone, To your, this is the other review, to your point, Marissa. Rolling Stone says, Employee of the Bear Me is largely about Michael grappling with having once earned the titular distinction and the guilt he feels now that he's learned to love humanity. It's a fine showcase for Ted Danson at his most overly emotional, and it's an effective spotlight on one of the show's more underused duos, in the ancient and mostly wise Michael having to work alongside the dumb and impetuous Jason. Although I would argue, this is Brianna now, I would argue that um, Jason, has Rolling a, Stone. Jason has a lot of wisdom in this episode. Um, he had a lot of wisdom in the last episode, too. It turns out he has a lot of wisdom. Yeah, he just, you know, what did he say in this episode? That his his high school got like, crunched up by a garbage masher because he went to school in an old tugboat (laughs) like (laughs) so like that's you know of course you're not going to be able to develop properly when your high school is a bunch of tugboats tied together in a junkyard um but i did think that ted danson did a terrific job this episode as with every episode
0: somebody should give that man an emmy
1: all the emmys every single one. all the
0: emmys did you have any last thoughts before we read the itunes reviews
1: You asked on Twitter, should Michael have demonsploded Sean?
0: Yes, I was chatting with a listener while I was watching the episode and he was like, why don't they just demonsplode Sean? And I was like, because I don't know why. There's (laughs) There's not really a reason except for the actor who plays him. What's his name?
1: Mark Evan Jackson.
0: Mark Evan Jackson probably has already been paid at like, you know, recurring character status
1: (laughs) Um, i mean yeah probably but also do you think that there will be a point where and maybe i just have redemption on the brain because of episode nine of star wars but do you think at a point because in this episode michael says you know we're capable of change humans are too deep down sean knows this to be true do you think sean's gonna come around well, if the bad place stops
0: being a thing, then all those demons are going to go, gonna need to go to, like, soul rehab. Yes.
1: Yeah. So. They're going to have to get, like, retrained in the, in the new afterlife economy as people who yes.
0: don't. Yes. <laughs> it's, do. it's very disruptive. Yes.
1: <laughs> Eleanor it's and the like gang are very disruptive. Yes.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Do you want to uh, read the iTunes reviews before we get out of here?
1: Yes, Definitely. Okay. So, I loved these iTunes reviews. Thank you so much for sending them in. The first one is from Delphin Lucy Liu. Quote, love them. The best takes on this show and great hate on the show before. Legit tried. Legit tried to watch it and could not make it through the first episode. Love the good place and the good sisters. <laughs> so
0: the defining characteristics of our good place podcast is that we make fun of the fighting temptations. Cool. Basically,
1: at this point. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're new and you're list, like listening to season four, we have been talking about that quite a bit. Um, and then from TC4465335, which sounds like a droid. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> This user says, "Love the show. Love these folks. Combine them together, and magic happens." Also, I look forward to the episode stinger every week. Will it be Brianna singing? Marissa yelling at her kids? Who knows?
0: I thought that was <laughs> ooh, ooh, that one's that. that that's a little.
1: <laughs> it's a little
0: too real. <laughs> that one hit a little too close to home. Ooh, oh, you yeah. got me. Ooh, you got me. You got me. Uh, oh boy. Okay. Well, uh, until next time, I will be speaking gently to my children in <laughs> soft
1: tones. Knock, knock we will see you next time, Ding Dongs. Knock, knock My son needs a slow song. This crew can't handle a tempo change.
0: a camera, she's a-pumpin' like a medic, she's a-movin' like a vent, she's oh,